Father, we bless you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. Spirit of the living God, thank you. Thank you for your opportunity to hear your word, to understand your word, and to be blessed in your presence. Thank you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So we wait. So we wait on thee. Because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run, not be weary. They shall walk and not... So we wait on thee. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So we wait. So we wait on Father, we bless you. Thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Lift your hand wherever you are and bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hands have made, I see the stars, and I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe display oh lord my god when i in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hands have made i see the stars i see the stars I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, 
a greater one Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee How great Thou art Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. See, I want to share something very beautiful with you. Songs of Solomon chapter 2, verse 15. He said, Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. He said, take us the foxes, or take away the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Now, this scripture is, is telling us something very beautiful. It says, take away the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. This goes to show us that when God is working on you, in terms of your productivity. Remember what he said in John chapter 15. He says that the one who begins to bear fruit, he said he will prune that person, that the person will bear much fruit. Or the person will bear more fruit. So you realize that even though that, that particular vine in John chapter 15, go to John chapter 15, even though that particular vine has the capacity to produce more fruit, it will not produce that more fruit until there has been a pruning. Look at chapter verse 1. He said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Verse 2, he says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So he says, if the vine begins to bear fruit, he says he purges the, 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 the branch, so that it will bring forth more fruit. That means it is in the capacity of that branch to bear more fruits. But something is stopping the, the um, branch from bearing the fruit it's supposed to bear. Something is stopping the branch. So he says, he will prune it. He will cut the excesses. He will cut certain parts off. So a lot of the time, after God gives you an idea of where he's taking you and probably maybe ministers to you an anointing, ministers to you a grace, the next thing you will notice that God will begin to do is he will begin to prune you. He'll begin to tell you the areas of your life that you need to check because if you don't check those areas of your life, he will tell you that, Take us the foxes. Then he called them the little foxes that spoil the vine. So these are little, little things that could be hiding inside that are spoiling the vine. He said because uh, your vine has tender grapes. Sometimes you look at what God has um, prophesied to your life, what God has said to you. Or you look at the future that you look at, you, you look at yourself that you have. When you pay attention to that future, you realize that it is so tender and the least provocation can end you where you are not supposed to be. So he said, take away the foxes. He said, the little foxes that spoil the vine, for the vine have tender grapes. So it's so important that God, we allow God to prune us and God to help us 
to be able to take away those things that will help us from becoming effective. Jesus Christ taught us on, on his, on his uh, walk on earth, taught many things. And I'm going to look, we're going to look at one of the things that Jesus taught that made a difference in the lives of those who heard him. So Jesus did not only talk of increase. Now, any gospel that comes to you that always talks to you about you will get this, you will get that, you need to check it because when God is telling you what you will get, the next thing he will tell you why you will get it so that you can understand what you are getting, then he will now show you how to get it. I was in a discussion with a young lady this week and she was saying in the book of Matthew chapter, uh, Mark chapter 16, verse um, 15, Jesus Christ said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. He said, In my name they shall cast out devils. He said, They shall lay their hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Then, she said, Why is it that some Christians lay hands on the sick and they don't recover? But that clause means that every Christian should be laying on the sick and for the sick to recover. I said, In that scripture, what you find is what should be or um, what is associated with those who believe. I said, but when you look in other parts of the scripture, you realize that he will, he will now be taught how these things happen. So Paul now teaches about the gifts of the Spirit. Then we realize that there is a gift of healing. So we realize that what is not enough, we need to get to the why, then we now go to the how. Because you can know that this is what God has said concerning me. This is what God has said concerning the matter or concerning the case. But until you understand how to make it happen. Like for example, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And I explained to some people, I said, grace is the what? Because the Bible says that we have received grace for grace. So when we come to Jesus, the Bible says the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So when we came into Christ Jesus, what we received was grace. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yes, for our sake he became poor, that we through his um, poverty might become rich. So when we come to Jesus, what we receive is grace. We've come into the grace of God. Paul said, I am made a minister of the dispensation of the grace of God. So when we come to Jesus, that is grace. Why is this grace available to us? The love of God. It's because of the love of God that we are able to talk about this grace. It's the love of God that took Jesus to the cross. And that love that God has for us, the love of God over there is not about our love for God. He said the love of God has God's love for us. So God's love took Jesus to the cross. So he demonstrated his love which brought us the grace. But how will we see this grace? He said through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So we are taught by the Spirit of God the things to do that will end us, or that will give us the opportunity or help us to know what to do about what. So the, the, the teachings of Jesus Christ are not, uh, um, they were not uh, just assumptions and, and preachings and you're going to be this, you're going to be that. After Jesus Christ, or God tells a man. Now take for example David. Someone comes to anoint him at age 17. The guy does not smell the throne till he's 30. I was teaching about it when I was teaching on the, on the Instagram live sessions. I, I was talking about a tale of three kings. I didn't get there. 
probably when I return back, we'll, we'll come back live out. I'll, I'll take it again. Instead of three kings, I said, because God Saul. God was not impressed with Saul. So God went to anoint David. But God didn't want to put David in a hurry on the throne because he would have found another Saul in David. So God took 13 years to kill the Saul in David. Before making him on the throne. Even with that, even with that, David displayed something that he never thought he would ever do. Take a woman and kill the husband. He never thought. A shepherd boy has been lifted by God. I mean, he never occurred to David that he could be that wicked. And how do we know? Because when the prophet came to tell him with a story, David was so furious. Like, Who is that man? Let us kill him. Like, he you know that's one amazing thing about us human beings. We judge people by their actions. We judge ourselves by intentions. No, I didn't really mean to. But someone there. <laughs> it's not a human being. You know, so David, if it was somebody else, David was going to kill the person. He didn't realize he was the one. So, there were some tendencies in David. And God took 13 years to prove him for the throne. Always realize that anytime God proclaims a prophecy to you or God tells you something big that's going to happen, just know that you're going to write a series of eyes. You're going to write tests. It's going to take you through things. You're going to learn things on the way. I tell you, I tell you, you're going to learn things on the way and you'll be shocked. David had to learn authority. David had to learn how, how not to throw a spear back at a mad king. Self-defense. What, what do you think? Self-defense. David had every right to. But when you start going with God, you realize that you don't take all your rights. You don't exercise all your rights. When you're walking with God, you don't exercise all your rights. You have to give us all the right so that his word can be true. Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. So a mad king, I mean, you are even aware that he was mad to the extent that you have to go and play an instrument for him for an evil spirit to leave you. You are aware that this God has left this guy. He's functioning with an evil spirit. And you know that the spirit of God is with you. And this guy throws a spear at you. Self-defense. Any wise guy is supposed to throw a spear back. Because I've been running away from the king. If this king dies, I stop running away. Only God knows how David became a proverb and a byword. A proverb and a byword. When they saw him on the run, parents would tell their children, Have you seen that guy? 17 years. Gibi, 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 gibi. Goliath, Goliath. Are you seeing? Are you seeing? Otherwise, you are going to become like David. He became a prophet and a byword. Not for two months. 13 years. 
He was hiding in caves. Caves. He was on the run for that long. In the midst of that, he, 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 he wanted to make the word of God true. In the midst of that, he said that I will not lift my hand against the Lord's anointed. Luke chapter 6. I feel the anointing of God. I've been wanting to teach on this. God started talking to me about this for two weeks now. So I've been trying to teach it. Every time I come to service, the past two services, I've not been able to. And I just realized the Lord has now granted me the opportunity to. Bako Ramela Hasso Credele. 38. Luke chapter 6 of 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. And shaking together and run over shall men give unto your bosom. Oh. Now, when you look at it, it says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down and shaking together. We love that part. Give and it shall be given. Good measure, press, uh, press down, shaking together and run over shall men give unto your bosom. Then we, we, we brush over and shall men give unto your bosom. We don't realize that God is saying something here. That your relationship with men is tied to your harvest. If you have problem with men, you have problem with harvest. Some men! Some men! God has tied men with men. God has linked men with men. So much so that for God to help man, he had to be a man. I'm sharing with you today on offenses. Offenses. Relationships are necessary. God put us in families for a reason. He made Adam. He said he realized that Adam was alone. Not lonely. Alone. Alone in what? In the assignment that God gave him. So he will make a, a help meet for him. We don't, you don't give someone a help to do nothing. So, him staying alone was not because the guy was lonely. He said he was alone in the assignment given to him. That means Eve was supposed to come and assist the assignment. 
Before God said alone, He had given Adam an assignment. He told Adam to name all the animals. Bible says any name Adam called, oh, Adam was such a genius. No mistake. That was the nature and the fabric of, of, of God's creation. No mistake. The fabric of God's creation is actually uh, location before education. The fall now made it education into location. So God put Adam, he was fine. Then he now gave him work. When the fall came, now men work to be fine. The fabric of God's creation. Adam was such a genius. Then, God realized that as Adam was doing the work, he was alone. Not lonely. So we don't get into relationships because we need a companion. We need, we need someone to us, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, we feel lonely. No, you are, you, are, you, are, you are a mistake. You are a mistake. He said, alone. And once he was alone, he gave him a help. Then, God began the family system. That means, Adam will need Eve. Eve will need Adam. So, as human beings began to grow, you realize the thing God put in them, and that thing now began to manifest. You realize that communities began. Families began. This one will give birth to his children. They become a family. I know this person. This person knows that person. So much so that it, when God was, um, was, when uh, the earth was come to more population, God now put the earth in nations and he picked a nation. He said, this is my nation. He now began to, began to deal with them collectively as, just, as though it was just one person. So, relationships are necessary. That, God, that means God knows that who you know is important. Relationships are God's ways of preserving posterity. For example, if God wants to help a family, more often than not, He will just pick one of them. He will just pick somebody there. The light of God will shine on that person and that person will now help the whole family. You see, just like the story of, of Joseph. Joseph was his, was his brother. What they didn't know was that there was a prophecy that the children of Israel had to go into Egypt. So God was working the prophecy. So Joseph's dream of the, of the, um, the stars bound to him, the moon and the bound to him, that dream, although it was, it was directed at him, it looked as though God wanted to magnify him, Joseph. Not per se. Come on. Come on, come on. God was not trying to magnify Joseph. God was working an agenda. And he has to go through somebody. So, anybody who makes himself available for the agenda of God becomes important. That's the thing about men who are called by God. When God calls them, it's like, uh, it's like the per diem for the call. It's like the donkey Jesus rode. When people put, the, put their cloths on the floor, Jesus did not walk on the cloth. It was a donkey. So, just in case the donkey 
was important. The next day that Jesus was not around, nobody cared about him again. Just in case the donkey thought, oh, like, so the fellow donkeys, do you know what happened yesterday? Everybody was just praising me. Everybody was just making noise. Like, what noise did they make? Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Like, I'm such a star. I'm such a big guy. The next day, Jesus did not come for him. What happened? People saw the same donkey. Walk past the donkey. Nobody even wants to sit on that donkey. Donkey now told his fellow donkey. You want these are wicked. Today they praise you tomorrow. No, in life it is your relevance with what God is doing. So Joseph, his, 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 his lifting was because of the agenda of God. It was because of the agenda of God. It was because of what God had said. God had told Abraham that I will take these people into Egypt. And in the fullness of time I will take them out. To, to take over the land that I promised them. So Joseph now went into Egypt. Later when his brothers came, during a time of a famine, what Joseph said is that God sent me ahead of time to preserve the posterity. But guess what? The brothers of Joseph nearly killed the one through which their posterity would have been preserved. If Joseph died, they would have died of hunger. So they didn't know that that relationship with Joseph was important. At the time Joseph was sharing his dream, they were supposed to get themselves closer to Joseph. Don't forget that even for Joseph to come out of prison, someone had to recommend him to Pharaoh. Men are tied to men. Men are tied to men. And because of that, it is usually those who are very close to you, very dear to you, who will now offend you away from what God is planning. The brothers of Joseph were offended. They were offended that this guy has had a dream. And this guy always thinks that he's something than us. They were offended. This guy thinks that there's something special about him. In fact, when Jacob even had the dream of the guy, Jacob said, so you mean even me, I'll bow to you? The Bible says that Joseph took those things in his heart. But the brothers couldn't take it. They couldn't take that God has lifted one of them. Or God was trying to lift one of them. They couldn't take it. They were offended. Why, why can't it be me? They were offended. And they didn't know that that offense was about to cost them. It was going to cost them. If not that Judah said, hey, 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 don't kill him. Sorry, Reuben said, don't kill him. Let us tell him. They would have killed Joseph and that agenda of God to preserve posterity would have been defeated. They didn't know the future. Listen, some people's stars are mysterious. Don't look down at anybody. Some people's stars are mysterious. The way you look at them today, you will be shocked when it's time for the arising. God will just behave in a certain way. Even you, you will not understand it in Bible. Some people's stars are mysterious.
So always watch it. I remember I, 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 I heard a man of God say something. He said there are certain people, even if they offend you, who go and apologize. Then he, he now added, this wisdom is for the aged. You are very likely to be offended by those who are closer to you. But remember, he said, some men. Some men. So Jesus always taught us that, hey, no need to be offended. Let's look at something. Matthew. Chapter, two, chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Verse 1. Whoa, 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 whoa. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Go ahead. Now when John had heard in the prison, at that time John the Baptist was in prison, the words of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. And said unto him, Are thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. Verse 5. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Verse 6. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Now hold on. Why did Jesus add verse 6? Let me explain. John the Baptist, remember that that's the cousin of Jesus. John the Baptist ends up in prison. While he was in prison, Jesus did not visit him. Why should John be questioning Jesus Christ's ministry? I thought it was John who said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So, what happened? Now that he's in prison, he said, Wait, is he the real Messiah? Because if he's the real Messiah, my own cousin, he should have come to see me. So after Jesus Christ said, the blind have seen, he said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. That means John the Baptist is offended in me. John the Baptist was offended. Jesus Christ did not show up when he was in prison. So he now began to question his ministry. Is he really the Messiah? My own cousin. I thought, I thought we, were, we, we, we were friends. I thought we were cousins. I thought we were brothers. I thought, I thought you loved me. No, come on. What do you think? I thought you loved me. Blessed is he that is not offended in me. If God sometimes opens your eyes to see how relevant that your, 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 your um, person close to you, that you don't look, you don't book, you don't think he's anything. If, 
God shows you how relevant a person will be to you in 10 years. You walk on eggshells. You will treat everybody with respect. And check it when they offend you. I said, I said sometimes, you know, I'm not even talking about the, the, um, there's a cause. There's a, sometimes there's a real cause for you to be offended. But you have to look at God's word and make sure that you are taking that offense far from you. Because keeping that offense will stop the work of God in your life. Offense. Offense has ended marriages. Offense. Offense. One offense upon another. One offense. Jesus Christ said, blessed is he. That means the anointing, the word blessed is the blessing. The blessing will come upon the one. The anointing will work for the one who is not offended. Your pastor can offend you. It doesn't mean he's not a pastor. John the Baptist felt offended by what Jesus did. There was a day Jesus Christ was walking. And a woman came, a Samaritan woman came with a daughter. Talking, Jesus! Jesus! Heal my daughter. Jesus, heal my daughter. Then Jesus did not answer. That was the first one. I mean, talk to me. We all know our rights. Hey, so you even remember that I'm talking to you. Now, Pay attention. It is possible, very possible, that the woman was older than Jesus. Because the woman had a child. And it was not a small girl, but it was a daughter. It didn't say just say a daughter. So the woman was possibly older than Jesus. And Jesus was 30. He was in his 30s. The woman was possibly older than Jesus because it was a daughter. So let's read the daughter for 10 years. Possibly. An older person is talking to you, Jesus. At least say something. Mr. Jesus, say something. Just say, listen, I cannot do it. Communicate. Jesus was silent. Was silent. Then, Bible says, the woman kept crying and following Jesus. Then, the disciples of Jesus, now, Master, send her away. That means, Master, eat you to talk. Say something. Send her away. She's worrying us. You, 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 can, you can imagine the, the kind of position that they thought they had. The likes of Peter, I mean, they are the MVPs in town. And they are the ones who are walking. I know, I know what it feels like to walk with an important person. I know what it feels like, even to hold the Bible. I know what it feels like. When you're, when you're somewhere with the most important person, and you are the one, even if you are not the person, the important person, and you are just following him, you know, there's this pride that, you know, 
that the word of God has to check for you. At that time, otherwise, you know, you know, you just know that, yeah, if anybody talks that, if you see him, you see that person. If you see that person, you see him. So, the likes of Peter, listen, we tell the woman, listen, you have to sign a form. Since you have not signed a form, please don't come around. Master, please send her away. She's making noise. I presume that G, um, Peter told the master to do it because probably they have tried to sack the woman and the woman said no. Finally, Jesus decides to talk. Wow! I would say, Jesus stands. Oh my God. Jesus stands and turns to the woman. I think this is going to be a, a happy thing because finally Jesus decides to talk. Jesus decides to talk. So, probably we are thinking Jesus will turn and say, your daughter will be healed. You have followed me for long, so you have paid your dues. Jesus turns to a woman who has been following him for long with a sick daughter. Make sure you are thinking about this scenario. So now we read the Bible and you have a sick daughter. You are following a man with your sick daughter for so long. They've been sacking you. You did not go with your sick daughter. At least Jesus, have some compassion on the small girl and do something. Wicked man. Jesus now turns, about to end all the sorrow and say, you don't give what is holy to dogs. Ha! You should have said it earlier! Jesus! You should have said it earlier. I wish I followed you with my daughter. I don't give what is holy to dogs. Me, dog! And my dogless. The woman should have been offended. Come on, talk to me. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Oh! Her blessing was with Jesus. Now she had a decision to take. She had a decision whether to be offended or to let it go. But Jesus was carrying what she was looking for. How can I express my gratitude for all the many things you've done for me? Words are not enough to say thank you. Lord, you're my everything. How can I express my gratitude? For all the many things you've done for me. But I'm not today. Thank you. Lord. You know, Jesus, at this point, says you don't give what is holy to dogs. The woman said, me. Oh, is that what you read in the Bible? Me, dog. Jesus, I am older than you. Daddy. Jesus, I am older than you. Jesus, you don't have a child. Jesus, you don't know what it feels like. Jesus, you are wicked. 
Jesus, you don't know what it feels like. Jesus, I am emotional. Jesus, you know that women are emotional. Jesus, you don't care. Uh, think of all the possible things. Jesus, you don't care. Jesus. Jesus. So this is Jesus we were talking about. That Jesus loves people. This is Jesus that they say he has been healing people. He's fake. He's fake. He's running away from my daughter's problem. He's not a true man of God. Jesus, you are going to collect something. It has finished. Jesus. Jesus. Son of the living God. Are you the Messiah they talked about? It cannot be you. Jesus, it's not you. Now Jesus looked at a woman. Say you don't give what is holy to dogs. Then the woman now replied Jesus. Oh, this woman is a star, I tell you. There are just very few women like this woman. This woman looked at Jesus and said, Master, don't worry, I am a dog. He said, don't worry, you say I'm a dog, no problem. I know why I'm here. He said, even the dogs, they eat from what is left from the master's table. Yeah, that's what the woman said. He said, you say I'm a dog. I don't, I won't fight. Yes. But you know what? You let me eat what has fallen from the table. I will eat it as a dog. If I will have to make myself a dog for my daughter to be well, no problem. She's a dog too. She's a dogless. The Bible says, Jesus Christ, a woman, great is your faith. Some people's faith has not worked because of offense. Why do you think that Jesus Christ said, when you come to give your offering, and you remember, this is what Jesus Christ said, when you remember that you have a problem with somebody, because that offering you are about to give is not about to give you any result. He said, when you remember that you have a problem, with somebody. He said, carry that offering. Go and sort the case before you come and give. Because your soul will be corrupted if you have an offense in your heart. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. You know why some people are atheists today? They are offended in God. They are offended. Something happened and they expected God to come to the rescue. They are offended. You're offended. You're offended. A dear, uh, yesterday I, I was I was in a little. I I won't call it an argument because I don't argue. I was in a little chat with an atheist, and we always end in one place. We end in one place. There was a pastor somewhere who whose family got burnt. May so rest in peace. How did God stand there for this to happen? I knew that we were in there. It's not that I don't believe in God. Though. You're offended. Something happened and you're offended. It's not that I don't believe in God. Because I think atheism is too cheap. It's too cheap. No, I mean, if you're a true atheist, do a search. You understand? Go search. Don't sit behind your, uh, your laptop and say you're an atheist. Search. Go to a shrine. Something. Go. Do something. Don't do something. Just sit and say, Facts. No, forget facts. Some people have experiences that are not in facts. 
So, when, when, you, when you check experience and you check facts, you have to mind the two at a certain point. Because you cannot invalidate the experience. You cannot validate the experience. Actually, science came as a result of experiences that people had that they could not explain. So they kept when looking for. So, look for. People say they are having experiences. Go do something. Enter a positive service. Something. Do something. Don't sit in your house and say, right? Let's go to this. Enter a shrine. It's the God that says, no God. Fine. Do something. You're not doing something. Go to two, three, four shrines. And tell them that, hey, there's no God. What you're doing is nonsense. Then kick the God. Something. Do it. Do something. You're not doing something. Do. I want to do something. You're not doing something. Can't sit in for a phone and say, and and solar system. somewhere in this. Do something. You see, when we talk later, when we ended in that place, I realized that the guy is offended. The guy is offended. And I told him something. I said, when you want a spirit to intervene in any physical occurrence, there are laws that are responsible for it. Don't think that because he's God, he's just enter. I said, it's quite unfortunate the pastor got into this case. Just this morning, I was in a, I was in a discussion with one of our leaders who was kidnapped during the week. One of our leaders was kidnapped during the week. Oh, when he was sharing a testimony with me, I was bubbling. He said, now, my whole house, everybody speaks in tongues. He said, my sister, who has stopped going to church for a long time, was speaking in tongues because he said, he was kidnapped. And kidnapped together with other people. When he, he was the only one they reached. He said, because when he remembered, he said, all I remember, he said, he told me, sir, I did not remember any training my gave me there. All I remembered was what you said. When you find yourself in such a position, speaking tongues. And so, he said, he had a little energy. Because I think they gave, they put some chemical on him. So he was dazed. So when he put a chemical on him, he said he had a little energy and he began to speak in tongues. And he said, he said, he said I began to speak in tongues. I began to speak in tongues. And Psalm 91 was coming to me. And I was speaking in tongues. And Psalm 91 came. Then he said something. He said, after a, a little while, the people kidnapped him. He, he heard them arguing. You don't know what tongues are, eh? When we say confusing the devil, do you think we are playing? He said you were arguing. This one said now nah, nah bad market. This one said bad market. This one said no nah, good market. It's all a bad market. They're going to take him away, take him somewhere. It's bad market. Yeah, a Christian is bad market for kidnapping. Imagine if he didn't know this. Imagine if he didn't know and nobody was for him. If he didn't know what was responsible for what, he would have been kidnapped like the others. Don't think that the others don't know God. They probably know God. They just didn't know what to do. And we pray for them. In the name of Jesus. Just by the mere fact. We are not just happy that our, our member has been delivered. Just by the mere fact that they go in contact with him. Their business of what they are doing has collapsed. They will be arrested. By Friday, 
You will hear it in the news by Friday. Something will happen. The guy said all of a sudden he began to speak in tongues. He was speaking in tongues. You are a lady, they threaten to rape you. When they start like that, don't speak in tongues. I beg, I beg. Kali, Bolo, Beleke, shout it. No evil shall befall you. So, <laughs> offense. They were offended. They were offended. They were offended. When people are offended, it short you the power of God. I'll show you in the scripture. Causes of offense. Write it down. Causes of offense. One number one cause of offense is pride. Anywhere you see offense, you see an iota of pride. Now, check what the woman did. She put away all her pride. No pride. Anywhere you see offense, you will see an item of pride. A whole me. You put me at overflow. A whole me. Do you know who I am? Who are you? Listen, you have to, you have to get me a, a front seat when I come to the church. No problem. But you came. All that human beings like you are sitting there. So I'm going home. I'm going home. I can't do this. In my heel. I, I cannot. I cannot. Meanwhile, you are sick. You are sick and you came for miracle service. You came for miracle service. And you are the miracle service. And you say, no, no, you can't overflow. Have you noticed that in most of our miracle services, those are the overflow receive? No offense. No offense. Oh, I came late. I'm sitting on overflow. No matter where I am, I'll receive. Everywhere you see offense, you will see an art of pride. 
You are working with your boss. Something happened. Looked at you and said, Are you crazy? You look at yourself like, I'm stopping this work. How come this man tell me that's crazy? Or probably you are working for somebody who is even, you are, you are older than the person. And the person is stressing you. Doing like, you look at <sighs> And you will be in a commentary. I don't blame anybody. I blame my father. If my father had taken care of my mother, I would not be here today. I don't blame you. I don't blame anybody. I know today, Father's Day, some people will be happy with their father, some will be crying. Offense. Offense. A whole me. Pride. I said number one, pride. A whole me. Can you treat me like this? Look at the woman. She has a daughter. Looks at Jesus. Even the man said, you will heal here today. We are dogs. Don't worry. He said, we are dogs. Yes, we are dogs. Jesus Christ said, that humility equaled her faith. I was a faith at work. I was a faith at work. I noticed something. That a man can never rise in the kingdom of God. A man can never rise in the house of God until he's submitted to another man. This one, eh? We don't need only Bible to teach you. If you experience it, you know. When people, I'm not talking about those who do it to the extreme, they submit themselves under the government of the spirit, whether through a man or through, through, um, directly to God, that is where progress starts. That's where progress starts. Every time I thank God for taking me under Pastor B. Every time. Every time I thank God for it. Because he facilitated my growth. Some of you wonder why I make so much noise about him. Because when I came to church, I didn't know anything. I didn't know the difference between Chronicles and Corinthians. All was C. So I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. He taught the word of God. I started learning things. I started listening to Pastor Chris. I was learning things. Then... The spirit of knowledge entered me. I said, as the years went by, I was attending all sorts of meetings. To let you know how hungry I was. I was attending all kinds of meetings, including I wonder I entered ladies' seminar. <laughs> I was giving leaders. At a point in time, a friend of mine, I've said this thing in church before, a friend of mine became my leader. He, we all completed SS the same year. But he got born again before me. So he was my leader. He was my leader. One day, he told me and other friends who were all, um, uh, were all like, that same age range. I mean, we all completed school together. He told us in front of other eyes, kneel down. Offense. Offense. I think offense. 
offense. I could have been offended. I should what? Kneel the outside. Something is wrong with you. Is it because I carried myself to church? I came by myself. I will live by myself. I know my rights in this country. It's a democratic rule. One thing I thank God for. He has blessed me with it and I'm looking forward to doing more of it. Humility. When he said it, we all knelt down. Me and my friends, we all knelt down. It was really embarrassing. But you know what? Throughout the years, staying under that young man, I realized why God put me under him. God was trying to break something in me. Because God cannot work with an unbroken man. Some people, they keep long in their process because it takes longer for God to break them. When I see anybody who wants, the person comes to me, Pastor, I want to be a, a man of God. I want to be this. And I, suddenly I look at them and I engage them in conversation. I want to know how broken they are. Finally, you talk to them, just like, this guy, you're not broken. No. <laughs> you're not ready. 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 If you see a man as great as my pastor kneeling before Pastor Chris, you understand that people don't rise like, for nothing. This week, as I, I, as I stood with pastor to minister at the three days Holy Ghost conference, I didn't even want to talk. I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to do anything. I was just, like, I was just excited. I just wanted to receive. Because that's... Even when he asked me to talk, I, I don't even feel like talking. I mean, what will I say? An unbroken man, that will be where he will pour out all the revelation that God has put in there. Say, Pastor, I want to tell the brethren that God has 13 teeth. When you look at some... Humility. Offense comes from pride. You're offended because you think you are something. Bible says that don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. What is pride? Pride is confidence in the flesh. Once you realize that you have, you, you, your, your elegance is because of your shape, you are proud. Your elegance should be from the word of God. So I'm walking, I'm walking like the, the, the way I'm walking. I'm walking because I know that I'm full of the Holy Ghost. So that confidence, people might look at it as pride, but like Paul said, he said, we boast in the Lord. He said, we have no confidence in the flesh. Pride is confidence in the flesh. Pride is that you are confident because you attended Harvard. Pride is because you, you say you cannot serve God because you have a first class. Pride. So, what will happen when someone who is a banker comes to church and he says... Uh, pastor, I want to serve in church. And we take him to technical department. Start by joining wires. So, but pastor, I'm a banker. You know, I, 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 in the bank, I control a lot of people. I said, no, join the wires. And you are offended. You will be offended. And when you're offended, it is proof of your pride. Time will not permit me because I would like to go to 
how to deal with offense. So let me be quick about it. Number two thing that is responsible for offense is assumptions. Or what we call overthinking. Jesus does not insult people. So Jesus was not insulting the, the woman. If the woman assumed Jesus was insulting her, she would be offended. Sometimes we are offended by people. They, they are not even thinking in that direction. Are you, are you getting it? Sometimes some people text me. Alright? They text me and text me and text me. And they are not getting a reply from me. Then they will go back to where they got the number, who they got the number from. And say, your pastor, when you text me, doesn't even reply. What kind of this one is that? Then they are offended. What they don't know is that probably I'm doing something. You see, I'm doing something and I couldn't reply at that time. Or sometimes it is not, uh, I don't have the witness in my heart to reply at the time. You see, so a, a lot of things come together to form these kind of things. A lot of things come together. So when all these things come together, you see, you are assuming that I don't want to answer your call. You see, you are assuming I don't want to answer your call. You're assuming I'm forming busy. You're assuming. What if the woman has assumed that Jesus is insulting me? That means Jesus, you're insulting me. But Jesus was probably not insulting her. Jesus was giving her revelation. And Jesus was giving her an opportunity for her to participate in the faith. Because when, <laughs> when Jesus Christ said, because you see, we'll talk about it at three days of faith and power. Faith has to be born out of revelation. Faith is not a mental thing. We'll come there. It has to be born out of revelation. So, what if, you know, Jesus Christ said, we don't give what is holy to dogs. The woman said, even the dogs, it was fallen from the master's table. That is revelation. The woman pulled that revelation. And by the premise of that revelation, that miracle had to happen. Because faith is born from revelation. Jesus Christ said, great is your woman, great is your faith. So the woman pulled out revelation. So you see, it was not, it's not that she just wanted the daughter to be healed. She had the stance of the word of God on it. So she didn't assume that Jesus was insulting her. She rather put in a better perspective. You know, sometimes, if Bible says that live peaceably with all men. If you want to live peaceably with all men, make excuses for people intentionally. Make excuses for them. Oh, I know he didn't mean it like that. Your boss gets insulted. You say, something is wrong with you. You don't, you don't know anything. We made you leave. Instead of you to say, hmm, they don't know who I am. They don't know who I am. I will leave this company. I can start my own company. God doesn't like such entrepreneurship. You don't know how to be under a boss. You want to be a boss. You know what the Bible says? It says, you who is not faithful in another man's own. He said, who will give you your own? You think God is a fool? He said, if you are not faithful in another man's own, nobody will give you your own. If you are not faithful in own, who will give you your own? Assumption. So, make that excuse for him. You look at him and say, that, probably I'm, I'm, I'm looking at somebody right now. Probably today is Father's Day and Father's Day always ignites hurt and pain in your heart. Because probably your father left your mother and your mother has pumped into you a lot of poison about your dad. 
Yes, maybe it was true. Start making excuses for him. Say, oh, I'm sure he was scared. He was scared when he got my, my mother pregnant. He was scared. That is why he left. He was scared. He was scared. And any of us could have been scared. So if he comes back, I'll go back to him. I'll even give him money. I'll, I'll honor him. And I'll change the narrative. I'm not going to carry that pain. My mother is not going to inject me with that pain. And I'll not carry that same pain to my children. If God were to be looking at the things we've done to him, we shouldn't be saved. There are people insulting God today, 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 that God is looking forward to saving them. (laughs) They are insulting him today as we are speaking, as we are talking now. That God is still looking forward, looking for opportunity, looking for who will go and win their soul, still looking for opportunity for them. Make excuses for people. Oh, he didn't mean it that way. He didn't mean it that way. Maybe. Or maybe you, 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 the, the, the guy promised that he was going to marry you. And after, Shabalabos. After movements. He said he's not doing it again. Instead of you to go outside and say, I, I swear, I swear, you will never make it. I swear, God will judge between me and you. Let me tell you, the throne of God is more serious matters they are dealing with about it. This one is not bad. but start making excuses for him. Don't assume he is a wicked guy who just left. Assume for him, say, he's paying me all. But maybe he has lost interest. Which means, if we continue, he will not um, enter the marriage with the same vibe. That means the marriage is going to be all. Make excuses for him, say, maybe he has just lost interest. Instead of saying, all men have come. All men are trash. No. No. Start making excuses for him. Start making excuses for him. No, he didn't mean it like this. Or maybe you're a guy. And the lady said, oh. You're my everything. Then, you ended up being nothing. From everything into nothing. Make an excuse for her. Your heart will pain you, I know. Jesus Christ said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. John the Baptist was feeling the pain. I I need to understand that. John the Baptist was feeling the pain. Like, my cousin, you know, you know what will happen to you if you know that your your cousin is the Messiah. And you are in prison. He didn't even come and look for you. And he's calling himself Messiah. The same person that John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God. Now, John the Baptist said, Charlie, we're asking, we're asking. Let's know. (laughs) Let's not play with ourselves over here. Let's be serious. We're asking, is he really the Son of God or what? Jesus Christ said, blessed is he who is not offended in me.
Someone say, I love Jesus. So I love people. Make. See, sometimes it's just assumptions. You are assuming that the person is bad. Let me tell you, anytime you see something bad about somebody, there's something bad in you. Because the Bible says, to the pure, all things are pure. And Jesus Christ said, He said, before you talk about the peg in somebody's eye, He said, remove the log in yours. That means, anytime you see a small thing in somebody, a small problem with somebody, then there's a bigger one with you. I'm showing you what the scripture says, the lesson of the scripture on any time you are sitting down gossiping about somebody and how somebody is bad, and that's what that means. There's a there's a bad thing in you. Yeah, he said to the pure things are pure. That means it will be impossible. It will be impossible for you to see something bad about somebody if you don't have something bad in you. Have you noticed that it is thieves who always think somebody wants to steal from them? I'm preaching today. I'm preaching, I'm teaching. If you're a thief, you always think someone wants to steal from you. Like me, because I, I, I grew up somewhere around other back. When I'm walking around here, people try to do, hey, I'm suspecting everybody. I don't walk, those times when I walk around circle, I'm suspecting everybody. I wish, you know, I wish I grew up in Trasaco. I, I, I don't suspect anybody. I think everybody, everybody's rich. You don't suspect anybody. You walk out of your house, you can't even leave your door. Where, 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 my God. There are some apartments that you can leave your car. You don't even have to close the car. Nobody's coming from like, oh, you don't need your car. The car park is full with cars. What, what are you doing? The problem of that house, there are some houses that, the apartments that, the, the problem with that house is that when it's time for people to go out, the only problem is who have to, you know, you need to move your car from the world, so I can move my car, but that's the problem. In some places, the problem is, hey, I hang my towel here. Who oh, it? I'll show you how to deal with how, how to deal with offense. There's some of you wondering, ha, ah, this thing is so hard. I'll show you how to deal with offense. So I said the second one is, is assumption. I've entered the third one unknowingly, so just write it down. Another thing that causes offense is judgment. 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 Judgment, judgment, judgment. Sometimes we judge people too soon. You see, we judge people. We are offended because we've made our judgment and we don't want anybody to encroach the judgment we've made on the issue. And that's what I talked about judgment. There's a sweet, sweet spirit. In this place And I know It is the spirit Of the Lord There's a sweet Expression On each face And I know it is the presence 
of the Sweet Holy Spirit Sweet Heavenly Love You're right here with us Thank you Jesus You filled us with your power And for His blessings we lift our hands in praise Without a doubt we know That we shall be revived When we shall leave this place Without a doubt we know That we shall leave strengthened When we shall leave this place Without a doubt, we know that we shall be without when we shall leave this place. Do you know that a lot of cases of depression will be solved if people could easily forgive? Offense. Jesus Christ said, offense will come. That means nobody can escape offense. Somebody will offend you. And it's probably someone you love. That's how it will get to you, of course. If the madman outside they offend me, how will he offend me? I don't care about the offense of the man by outside. I don't know him. I don't love him like that. We don't have a relationship that will make me offended. I remember some years ago, I worked with a studio engineer. I had every reason to be offended. Hi. We did the work. I paid. He lost the work. After losing the work, we managed to redo the work. He said I should at least give him half. I paid already. I said at least I should give him half so that he can do it. But I looked at Okay, my work is more important than all this trying to be right. So I gave him half. We did it. He kept delaying the work, delaying the work, until one day I just got angry and I said, you know what? I'm expecting this work, this, this, this. Then he said, he's not doing it again. And I said, if you're not doing it again, give me my money. He said, it will take three months for him to give me the money. I hope you are getting angry on my behalf already. You're getting angry on my, on my behalf already. Do you understand? So you could understand my fury. My fury. You know what? Three months. I started letting the days go by. But I realized that three days, four days, as I was letting the days go by, you know what I noticed? I realized that during those three days, four days, every time I think about the situation, I get more angry. I, I realize this is not good for me. So I was thinking about myself. Do you understand? It's not about me getting the money. No. Now I have to protect my spirit. Because every time I think about it, there's something I'll vent to somebody. Like, this, this student engineer, he did this, and then, did this, did this, did this. he took the money, everybody, everyone who listens to me knows that I have the right case. But I realize that every time I think on it, hmm, this student engineer, and sometimes, if you are very, um, 
social media, and later you just go. Student engineers are very stupid. They, they, they think about themselves. When selfishness is in the world. Say, what are you doing? You are, you are bitter. You are a bitter person. They have managed to make, make you bitter. They destroy your sweet spirit. They've managed to make you bitter. You are not a bitter person. You've made them change you. You see? You've made them change you. You've made them change you. You are like egg. Egg was soft inside. Once they put me into water, boiling water, egg now became hard. You are like carrot. Carrot was very hard. Once they put me into boiling water, carrot became soft. You've let the environment change you. Rather be like coffee. When they put you in the boiling water, you spread everywhere. You now influence everywhere. When we shall leave this place. No offense. They will destroy you. Bible says that a merry heart doeth good like medicine. That means anytime you are bitter, you are getting sick. So, I look at him one day. I called him. It was such a difficult. Now, the money I'm talking about is, is huge. If I combine everything together, we are getting to somewhere 7,000 Ghana City. Plus the one he lost, plus the half. Because the main one was five. And the half was like two five. So seven five. As I was lying down, the Holy Ghost said, Call him. Tell him that you have dashed the money to him. If he likes, he shouldn't bring the weight. I called him. I said, You know what? My relationship with you is more important than this money. Now, this was a very big decision for me to make. Don't think I had another seven five somewhere. No. This was savings. I said, you know what? I'm dashing this money to you. Somebody watching me now, you have to go and call somebody who is owing you money and dash the money to him. Because he's making bitterness grow in you for nothing. And it is, it is, it is blocking your, your blessing. It's blocking the power of God in your life. Do you know that some people are never healed because of bitterness? So, I gave him the money. The moment I told him, I've done it to you. I mean, I was expected to be happy and say, Oh, thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. He said, Okay, bro. Then he cut the line. I said, It's fine. It's fine. Thank you, Lord. And I said, It's fine, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I've done what you want me to do. Let me tell you something. Years have come and gone. I'm richer than him. If I tell him to give me that amount of money today, he can't give it to me. I can give it to him. Without a doubt we know That we shall be strengthened When we shall leave this place He said, and forgive us our debts As we forgive our debtors Forgive your father Forgive your mother Without a doubt we know. Dealing with offense. Quickly. I'm closing here. Number one. 
for those who offended you. Happy. Matthew chapter 5 verse 44. Let's start from 43. Ye have heard that it, it, it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Listen to Jesus. He said, You have heard that it said, that love, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Verse 44. He says, But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Bless them that curse you. Someone just cursed you. Say, it will never be well with you. You tell the person it will be well with you. Do good to them that hate you. Look for those who are saying bad things about you. That's the money. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. As they are, you know, you understand despitefully use you. You, are, you, are, you don't understand despitefully use you. That, that's why you are thinking that God despitefully use you. Despitefully. The people who intentionally used you. Can you give me NIV? Verse 44 in NIV. When we shall leave this place. You know, this week, you could see there was a trending on some of the social media about rape and all that. You know, as they were doing it, as they were doing it, I knew that as they were sharing, they were multiplying the problem. Some people don't understand spiritual things. As they were doing it like that, they were multiplying the problem. Giddy, 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 let it stop. Will it stop? It won't stop. If it will stop, they will need to take drastic measures. It is not... If they want to change it, they want to take drastic measures. Some people have to come together, form an organization, see somebody, draw a plan. It's not, hey, bully, 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 Twitter court. Then they put up, hey, this one, this one, hey, this one, hey, this one. They are multiplying the problem. Are we in color? I want to say it. Someone said, I should use my church platform. You're not wise. How can you, how can you just say, I... I should now come and use my church to come and talk about how many Sundays can I talk about it? How many Sundays can I talk about it? There are some people sitting in church. We have men talk tight, tight, tight. They still don't give their tight. <laughs> you know, so it's not what I'm coming to say there. That's not going to make it. If you want to, you have to put measures in place. You have to change some part of the syllabus of the schools. You have to make, you understand, some organization. All those people, people, they should come together. Then, all those, all those young, young girls at UN making policy, you're not, they're not any better than you. You can also start something. Because when you, when you want to see, a pastor said, Pastor Chris said, success is written out to a human need and written, uh, uh, identifying a human, human need and written out to meet that need. So, if you have identified this kind of thing and it annoys you that much, it should burden you to start something. And it's not about tweeting it. I'm passionate about it because I want to see it stop. So drastic measures. Because we sit together. So instead of going out to go somewhere, sit together and start working on. Okay, so we're going to start an organization now. We're going to see this person. We're going to see that person. Since right now the heat is on, we'll have audience. If we don't, we don't have audience, we'll start 
Aluta, we start protest. The, you plan, they plan, they plan. They don't sit down and create court room and start say, naming this person, name this person, name this person, name this person. Then they will name both those investigators, those who are investigated. They will name those who have not done anything. They will name all of it together. Yes, there are bad people in there. But you now go and name someone who was. What are you, what, what are you now perpetrating? You are about to water down the effect of what you are trying to do. Wisdom. Word, 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 word. Wisdom. <laughs> I would say wisdom is too high for a fool. Wisdom. Pray! There are some of you, right? You've been hurt by somebody. So bad. Jesus said, you rather need to go and pray for the person. Pray for the person. Pray for the person. Pray for the person. Vengeance is mine, fear the Lord. God said he would take the vengeance himself. You love. You love. He will take the vengeance himself. He said, vengeance is mine, fear the Lord. So no, you go. Pray for the person. A young lady reached out to me this week. That she was assaulted by... And I said, do you want to take the bad police? Do you want to prosecute the matter? She said no. And I said, but she said she wants to be free of that heaviness and that bitterness. And I said that I'm going to teach you what to do. If you want to take the police, that's also a very good one. Because sometimes, if we don't deal with those having it, other people will not know what to look at. Alright? So, you say you don't want to do it. I said then, you now need to be free. So, I said pray for them. She said she spent 30 minutes to pray for those who had assaulted her. She prayed. She prayed. She said while she was praying, she said she could not control the tears. She said it was as though something had been lifted off her. Ever since, her joy has been complete. If you want to forgive somebody, pray for the person. And don't pray that, Father, watch. See it, Lord. See it, Lord. God, me I not talk anything, no. No. Pray. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, he will do well. Ha! Ah, that's what Jesus Christ said. Verse 44. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Is that all anyone could say? Oh, and I didn't try in this one. Give me a message. Pray. Pray for them. This is the call of love Jesus Christ gave us. Ah, me, false accusations. Plenty. Plenty. And you have done this, and done that, and done this. Sometimes you can get so angry. Sometimes you can get so angry. And I'll just calm down. I say, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. In the name of Jesus. Verse 44. I'm challenging that. Let's start 43 so we understand it well. This guy said, look at the law. I'm challenging the law. He said, you are familiar with the old written law. Love your friend and his unwritten companion. Hate your enemy. I'm telling him that Jesus said, He said, I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you. Hey! Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. He said, Let your enemies bring out the best in you. He said, Not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. Your boss is giving you a hard time. Respond with the energies of prayer. Not Mitrichev Miseno. No. Not die. Die by fire. No. Pray for them. 
Father, I pray for them. If you are not sure what to do, you speak in tongues. Father, in the name of Jesus, you mention his name, Mr. Akolate, you begin to pray for him. Father, I bless him. It shall be well with him and his family. When you do that, the Bible says that you have heaped up coals of fire upon his head. And that means that God is going to look at what you've done and grant you a greater grace. That's number one. Number two. Don't get into gossip about your offender. Come on, somebody's not hearing me today. I'm giving you steps, 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 steps. Don't get into gossip. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you are, you, are, you are able to forgive the person. Then you now want to talk about the person with somebody. It now started the whole thing all over again. Maybe it is your father. Then we are with your friend. Hey, men are scammo. Men are scammo. The last time, my father, my father, you, you are forgiving your father. You have sorted your case with your father. Then you now said, hmm, let's help me to my father. This, this, my, my, my father says, my father that, my father that, my father. Then all of a sudden, all the forgiveness, all the work you have done on yourself, you now go and excavate everything all over again. Don't get into gossip about your offender. Have you heard what this person did? Hey, he did the same thing to me. Hey, he did the same thing. Then at that time, you will not be. Bible says, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Let me show you that, that scripture. James. James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 20. My beloved, uh, is that for the wrath of man? Is that, look at it. Is that for the wrath of man? Worketh not the righteousness of God. That means anytime you are angry, you, you are less probable to take a God inspired decision. See, you are with a person. Why is this in the wrath of man? Because there's a holy anger. And that's a different thing altogether. See, you're with a different person. Why you start talking about the one who offended you? Have you heard what Pastor Enoch has done? Pastor Enoch did this. Pastor Enoch did that. Pastor Enoch did that. That's money. That's money. Hmm. But you are still in the church. The next time he comes to pray, you now remember what he did. Pastor Enoch. Hmm. You know, that's why Jesus Christ said we should be well false prophets. Remember what I said. I said sometimes there are some people, God has put something in their hand for you. Don't get into offense with them. Because you see them walking freely and God will keep blessing them and you, you die. <laughs> Quickly, this one, I won't show you the scripture, but the scripture is there. Jesus Christ said, if you have ought against any, he said, go to him. So the third one. If possible, discuss with your offender 
his offense if that is within your reach. If possible. That means sometimes the person who offended you is dead. Uh, is not dead. Because sometimes the uh, person who offended you is dead. So you might not be able to um, go and discuss. All right? Or his travel. So you might not be able to discuss. But if the person is around, the person is available to you, you have his number, go and discuss the offense. Jesus Christ said, you, you put the offering down. He said, I'm not accepting the offering. He said, go and settle your matter with your neighbor. That means you have to put the offering down and go and go and try to settle the matter first. When you finish settling the matter, that means always try to discuss with your offender the offense. Because sometimes they are not away. Because sometimes, out of assumption, I, I probably stepped on a man and said, oh, I probably offended him. I didn't know. Alright? So, he might be having that offense and I'll be walking free on the street chewing corn and coconut. But he's harboring offense. And it's eating him up. How will he g- get rid of it? You should come to me. I said, no. The last time in 1994, while we were eating rice, there was only one meat, but you took the meat, you didn't give me. It has really, really hurt me. It has really, really hurt me. Discuss the offender. If possible, Pasinox will buy meat and give it to you. Discuss with your offender. Now, if he doesn't accept his wrong, it doesn't matter. You have discussed with your offender as Jesus Christ said. You have done your part. Last one. Point number four. Always be filled with the Spirit. How many of you have noticed that anytime you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you love everybody? How many of you have noticed that? Anytime you are full, full of the Holy Ghost, it's like you see anybody you see on the street, you just want to greet the person. It's like, a, God bless you. God, God be with you. Like, you leave a service and you are so happy. As you are going home, you are so full of love. You cannot even have offense at that time. The, the, the understanding or the remembrance of the offense always comes when you are in the flesh. Remember John the Baptist? When he was under the influence of the Spirit, he said, Behold the Lamb of God! Who takes away the sin of the world. And when he was in prison, he was not seeing vision. He said, go and ask him if it's really the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Always be filled with the Spirit. 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 It's time for us to pray for those who offended us. If you have someone who has offended you and you need to forgive that person, no matter how many years that's been, I want you, don't sit on your bed, go on your knees right now. It always comes to your mind. Go on your knees. Listen, I just saw something. Someone is looking for his father. It has been a pain in his heart for so long. You will reconnect with him. Just pray and forgive him. And be ready to accept him when he comes. Don't let anybody transfer hurt and pain to you. You are a child of God. Your spirit speaks 
Sora mama ntole broski. It moves in me. Yeah. By your love. Shabbat your spirit speaks it moves in me and I awaken to your love go ahead and, and pray for that person you're drawing don't say God take away your face no pray for the person to my and I Standard by your love Cause you spoke light Into my lungs And you are the air I And you are the air I And it's tied up You are the song I 